Corinthians. And if you have a Bible, go please to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, verse 21. Si trajo su Biblia esta noche, vamos a ir a 1 Corinthians capítulo 3, el verso 21. How many of you have a need in your life? All right. Then I want to talk to you tonight. If you don't have a need in your life, then take some good notes because you're going to have a need someday. All right. ¿Cuántos tienen una necesidad en su vida? Entonces, si usted tiene esta neces una necesidad en su vida, cual sea, esta noche Dios quiere hablar a su vida. Y si no tiene necesidad, un día la va a tener, así que ponga mucha atención esta noche. Uh, when I say need, I'm not just talking about money or a job or a house or a car or shoes or relationship or friendship. Talk about every category you could possibly think of. Physical, financial, spiritual, emotional, relational. God is a God of abundance. And a God who wants to meet every single need of his children. Now the text we're about to read tonight is hard to swallow for some people. Sometimes you read a text and it's so hard that it's hard to swallow. But then sometimes you read another text that's so good. It's hard to swallow. I want you to get ready to swallow, all right? I said, all right? All right, what does it say? The Bible says here, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21, So then let no one boast in men, for all things belong to you. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas, or the world or life or death, or things present or things to come, all things belong to you. And you belong to Christ, and Christ belongs to God. Amen. That's the word of the Lord. Say that with me. All things belong to me. Now, I told you it's going to be hard to swallow. Because some of you, when you hear that, you say, yes, but. Well, that might be true if. I want you to get that out of the way and just accept what God's word says tonight. Twice in the text, the Apostle Paul says, all things belong to you. Say that again with me. All things belong to me. Dice la Escritura, todo es vuestro. Y eso a veces es difícil de aceptar porque le añadimos un pero. Sí, todo es mío, sí, o pero. Entonces quiero que usted quite ese pero. Y diga simplemente lo que dice la palabra del Señor. You know, God's word is very powerful, so powerful that if you'll just get out of the way and let it be, you'll see amazing things in your life. So I want you to, to listen tonight because God wants to speak to you about your inheritance in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word, which is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. We thank you for every open Bible. We thank you for every open heart. We pray now that you would open our spiritual ear, that we might hear the word of the Lord, and that we might receive by faith what you have to say to us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Can you handle this tonight? All things are yours. All things are yours. When you think about the needs of mankind, and they are various, they are many, 
We could just go all night listing just the categories of needs that men and women have in this life. God in Christ has provided an absolute full provision for every single need that you and I may have in this life. And this passage of scripture is so important for the believer to know, to understand, to sow as a seed into their heart. Because when you come up against need, when you come up against lack in your life, the way that you attack lack in your life is by believing what God's word says about that problem in your life. And so if you lack peace, then you need to know that peace belongs to you. And if you're lacking financial provision, you need to know that financial provision belongs to you. And if you're lacking joy, then joy belongs to you. And all the things you could possibly conceive of tonight belong to you in Christ. Now, this is hard for some people to believe, I think, uh, because uh, in, our, in our own religious ways, we try to limit God or we put God into categories, put God into a box in which we say, well, if, uh, but, and all of these things become counter to our faith in God. God doesn't need you to explain how he's going to do it. He doesn't need you to know how he's going to do it. All he needs you to do is believe that it's done. Say amen, somebody. God has one requirement for you, and that is faith. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so God is looking for someone who will believe him, someone that will trust that what he has said in his word is true and that it is true for them and it's true for me. Dios no busca a alguien que entienda lo que él está prometiendo o que entienda cómo él va a hacer lo necesario en nuestra vida. Lo que él busca es una persona que le crea, una persona que ponga fe en él. Now I want you to read what Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3 says. This is a very well-known passage of scripture. And keep your Bible handy because we're going to go to a lot of verses tonight. Jeremiah chapter, three verse, uh, chapter 33 verse 3 says this, Call upon me and I will answer you and I will tell you great and mighty things which you do not know. And then in verse 6 he says, And I will bring to you health and healing and I will heal them. And I will reveal to them an abundance of peace and of truth. Now, I want you to take, uh, uh, pay attention to that passage. Ponga mucha atención a este pasaje. Dice Jeremías 33, 3. Clama a mí y yo te responderé y te enseñaré cosas grandes y difíciles que tú no conoces. How many of you would say there are some things I don't know? Everybody in here should be saying that. God says, if you call on me, I will teach you the things you need to know. I will reveal things to you. Dios nos dice, si tú clamas a mí, te revelaré cosas. Te voy a enseñar las cosas ocultas que tú no conoces. And then if you keep reading, Jeremiah details the things that God is going to reveal. Y luego si usted sigue leyendo, usted puede ver el detalle de lo que Dios va a revelar. Or ha prometido revelar. One of the things that God has promised to reveal is he has promised to reveal his abundance. Una de las cosas que Dios ha prometido revelar, ahí está en el verso 6, es la uh, abundancia. Now I've asked you, I've encouraged you to pray this before. I'm going to pray, I'm going to encourage you to pray this again tonight. To say, Lord, 
reveal your abundance to me. You see, God wants you to have a revelation of the fact that he has an abundance of what you need. He has an abundance of provision for your life. Dios quiere que usted tenga una revelación de su abundancia. Now, what is a, a revelation? Now, this word revelation, sometimes you'll hear, you'll hear people say in the church, I have a revelation, and you want to be careful with that. If it doesn't come out of the word of God, be very careful with that, all right? Because everything that God wants to reveal to you has been revealed in the word. Say amen, somebody. The Holy Spirit will come and he'll take what's in the word and make it real to you. Now we're talking about the revelation uh, that, that Jeremiah is describing here. When God makes his truth, when God makes a spiritual reality real in your life. I'll give you an example. One day you were outside of Christ. You were lost. You were, um, you were unconverted. You were not born again. And you had no revelation of Christ. You guys remember that day? You remember what that was like? And then you heard the gospel. Then you heard the message of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit revealed to you the person of Jesus Christ and the truth of forgiveness that's offered in Jesus. And when you got a revelation of that, you made a commitment of your heart to Christ. You were born again. And here you are today, a new creature in Christ Jesus. How many of you remember that? So that's how revelation works. But you see, God wants you to have a revelation of the fact that everything you need has been provided in Christ. And that's what Paul says here. Twice he says, all things are yours and you belong to Christ. So listen, friends. If you want to have the abundance of God in your life, you first need to have Jesus. Say amen, somebody. Amen. Para tener la abundancia de Dios en tu vida, primero necesitas a Jesús. If you do not have Jesus, you do not have abundance. I don't care how much money you have in the bank. I don't care how big your house is. I don't care how new your car is. If you don't have Jesus, you're broke. If you don't have Jesus, your soul is lost. And your life is not full. Jesus came that you might have life to the full. And so until you have Jesus, you have life on empty. And Jesus is the only one that can bring abundance into your life. So if you have Jesus, you have everything. Say amen, somebody. If you don't have Jesus, you don't have anything. But if you have Jesus, you have everything. The Bible says that Jesus is the heir of God, and we are joint heirs with Jesus. El dice la escritura que Jesús es el heredero de Dios, y nosotros somos coherederos con Cristo. That means that Jesus has received as an inheritance all of the abundance of the Father. And you and I are co-heirs with Jesus. That means that whatever belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Eso quiere decir que lo que le, le, lo que le pertenece a Cristo nos pertenece a nosotros. Now I want you to think about one of these ranches out here uh, around Beeville uh, where you drive by one day and there's somebody that owns maybe uh, a, a thousand acres and on that ranch you see a, a guy in a shiny new truck and he's... He's giving a, a whole bunch of orders, and he's saying, you do this, and you do that. And it looks like he owns the ranch, but actually he's just the foreman. He just works there. And it's a good job, and it's a great, great job, but he's just the foreman. He doesn't own anything. He's calling all the shots. He's making all the decisions. 
But on paper, he does not own a single thing. Now, in that house, in the middle of that ranch, the big farmhouse, there's a little three-year-old boy pushing around a Tonka truck, running into the walls and making, uh, making car noises, and he is the heir of the entire ranch. Now, you look at him and you say, that little boy don't own anything. But the fact is that he owns more than the foreman driving the big shiny truck because he is a son, because he is an heir. What am I trying to get you to understand tonight? What I want you to understand is this, that even if you are a day old in Jesus, you are already an heir of the entire kingdom of God. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. Say amen, somebody. You see, uh, the problem then is you have to mature in order to be able to possess what has been given to you in Christ. But that little boy owns that ranch as much now as he will the day he becomes a man. And that's how much Christ gave to you. The day you got saved, you became as much an heir of God as you will ever be. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. So you should never say, I can't. Nobody said amen. You should never say, I can't. That's just the way I am. I'm, I have a bad temper, and that's just the way I am. I can't control that thing. Yes, you can, because you have Jesus, and if you have Jesus, all things are yours, including self-control, including the ability to control your mouth and the things you say and your thoughts and the way you think, including every single need that you may have in your life. Say it again, all things are mine. Where are they? They're in Christ. So you have to be in Christ. Now the Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Listen, here's the first all I want you to think about. He is a new creature and all the old things have passed away. All the old things have passed away. How many of them? All of them. If you're in Christ, Everything from your old life is gone. You don't have to live your old life. You don't have to carry your old self. You don't have to carry your old habits. If you do, it is because you're not walking by faith in the inheritance that Christ has made available to you. So tonight I want you to just get this in your heart and, and ask God to give you a revelation of this abundance which is available to every single believer, whether you've been in faith for one day or for a thousand days, however many years you've been a believer, until you get this revelation, you'll be walking in lack instead of in abundance. And you'll be living in a scarcity uh, mentality instead of in a place of abundance. So what does it mean when the Bible says all? You know what it means? All. Everything. Every single thing belongs to you. Every single thing that you need that is necessary for you to fulfill the purpose of God, for you to accomplish the will of God, for you to bring glory to God, has been provided to you in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Cuando la Biblia dice, todo es vuestro, significa todo. Todo lo que usted y yo necesitamos para cumplir el propósito de Dios para hacer la voluntad de Dios, para traerle gloria a Dios, ya ha sido provisto 
en Cristo. Say it again. All things belong to me. I want you to go through the Bible with me and see what the scripture says. Romans chapter 8 verse 32. Romanos capítulo 8 verso 32. What does it say there? It says, he did not spare his own son. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all. How will he not also with Christ freely give us what? All things. Now listen, the first thing I mentioned to you is what this text says. You have received Christ. Usted ha recibido a Cristo. Y ahí dice el apóstol Pablo que si Dios no escatimó a su propio hijo, pero lo entregó. God did not withhold his only son, but rather he delivered him over for us all. So Paul is making the argument. He says this, listen. If God gave you the single greatest treasure of heaven by giving you Jesus and giving him over to the cross, then God will not withhold anything else. Listen, if he already gave you, if he already gave you the treasure of heaven, what won't God give you? Si Dios ya te dio a Cristo, ¿qué no te dará? Somebody should say amen tonight. Because God gave us in Christ all of the treasure of heaven. And friends, Paul is saying here, if, if God didn't withhold Jesus, why would he withhold the things that you need in your life tonight? Why would he withhold the power that you need to overcome addiction? Or why would he withhold the power that you need to stand strong against the adversary in your life? He will not withhold any of those things because he already proved his, his desire to bring into your life everything that you need by giving you Jesus. Romans chapter 8 verse 28, same chapter there, verse 28 now. It says, and we know that God causes what? All things to work together for good, for the good of those who love God and those who are called according to his purpose. Romanos 8, 28 dice, y sabemos esto que Dios causa que todas las cosas redunden para bien para aquellos que aman a Dios y que son llamados a su propósito. How many of you love God? How many of you are called to his purpose? Listen, if you are in love with God, you're walking in the will of God, God says, I'm going to turn all things around. I'm going to work all things out for your good. This is an incredible promise. He says he causes all things to work together. He doesn't say he causes all things. All right? God did not cause all things. That means he didn't cause the car wreck that took the life of that person. He didn't cause... Uh, he didn't cause sin to come into the world or temptation to come into your life. But listen to what it says, that although he didn't cause that, he will work that into your good. He will take the, the, the hard moments, the difficulties of your life, and work them out to your good. So that what the enemy thought would become a step of discouragement, a step down, God says, I'm going to make it a step up. I'm going to make it a step of encouragement. What he thought would make you weaker will actually make you stronger. What he thought would defeat you will actually make you a victor. Come on, somebody. God causes all things to work together for your good. So instead of looking at your problems and the challenges that you face and always looking at the losses, look at the gains that God has brought 
into your life through those losses. Because I guarantee you, friend, you have not been through a single test in your life. Oh, and, and your walk with God that did not produce more faith, more confidence in God, more hope, more peace, more joy. God always works it out. Say amen, somebody. So as you, as you walk with God, you know this. God will, walk, will cause all things to work together. God will take those, those adversarial circumstances and situations. And he'll weave them in. To the tapestry of his will for your life. And listen, friends, the, the growth that you need in your life doesn't come by sitting easy and relaxing on the front porch, sipping lemonade and sweet tea. No one ever learned the vocabulary words until the teacher said, there's a test on Friday. <laughs> and now we're learning how to spell onomatopoeia. <laughs> Why? Because there's a test. So don't, don't, don't complain about the advers adversity in your life. God's working it out. God will use it and make it uh, a stepping stone rather than a stone of stumbling in your life. Look at Genesis chapter 24, verse 1. The Bible says, now Abraham was old and advanced in age. Dice ahí, Genesis 24, verso 1, que Abraham... Era anciano y avanzado en edad. Now, I think it's like a little bit of overkill, right? He could have just said he was old, but he has to say he was old and advanced in age. That means he was very old. Good thing is I don't see anybody in here that is very old. I don't even see anybody in here that's old, all right? All of you are looking good tonight. Say amen, somebody. Abraham was old and advanced in age. And what did God do? He says that God, the Lord blessed Abraham, where? In every way. In all things. How many of you would like to be blessed in every way? Well, you got to start expecting that. Say amen, somebody. Do you expect to be blessed in every way? When you go apply for that job, you ought to expect to get that job. When you go and apply for that job, there's going to be people who are better qualified than you, who have more experience than you, and yet you should expect to get that job. Why? Because you have the inside track. You have the favor of God. You have the blessing of God on your life. And listen, the blessing of God will do things that money can't do. The blessing of God will open doors that money can't open. The blessing of God will take, will take the little and make it more than enough. And God says that he, the, the word says that God blessed Abraham in every way. And in the book of Galatians, we're told that because of the sacrifice of Christ on the cross, that you and I are now heirs of Abraham. We are heirs of the blessing of Abraham because the blessing of Abraham has come upon the Gentiles. That means that if God blessed Abraham, God will bless you. What was it that produced blessing in the life of Abraham? It was that he believed God. Is there anybody here tonight that believes God? Then you ought to expect, if you believe God, you ought to expect God to bless you in every area of your life. 
If you're married, you ought to expect God to bless your marriage. Say amen, married couples. And if you're single, you ought to expect God to bless your, your single life. And if you want to be married, you ought to expect God to bless you with a spouse. Say amen, somebody. And not just any old spouse that you found on the, on the, in the back alley. I mean a good spouse. Say amen, somebody. You ought to expect God to bless you in every way. You're not just going to get a job, but a good job. And when you live in that expectancy, you're not fooling yourself, guys. You're not fooling yourself. God is your father. And he has good things for you. Now, it's, we're the ones that get it, get, get it wrong because we say, well, I'm just going to settle. You ever said that? Better take what you can get. You better get while the getting is good. And then we're, we're driving that old jalopy. Well, you know, the Lord blessed me. Sure. Because you settled for the level that you wanted to live on. You settled for the place you're at. And I want you to listen closely to this because we, we settled too many times. And I'm using the car as an example. But we settle in relationships. We settle in our own attitudes. We settle in our own standards. Say, well, this is as far as I can go. This is as much as I can get. This is as good as I can be. And if you settle there, God will let you settle. But if you say, you know what, I don't want to settle here. I don't want to die in the third grade. I don't want to live this far and stop living. I want to I have and be all that God has designed for me to be. The only way that can happen is if you have the blessing of God on your life. And if you're in Christ, you have the blessing of God on your life. Say amen, somebody. What do I tell you? What do I pray over you every Sunday? May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. These are no mere words. These are not idle words. These words have been spoken over this congregation for the last seven and a half years. And every single week they are defining your life. Not because Pastor Isaac spoke them, but because they are the word of the living God. And God is a blesser. Say amen, somebody. And God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Do you believe God tonight? Then you ought to expect God to bless you in every way. Now go with me to, to Psalm 57, verse 2. Psalm 57, verse 2. In Salmo 57. Verso dos. What does it say there? It says, I will cry to God most high, the God who accomplishes all things for me. That's Psalm 57, verse 2. What does he accomplish? All things for me. What does that mean, the word accomplish? It means that God finishes things in my life. God gets it done. What does he get done? All things. And uh, you and I have to live in this reality. God is a finisher. He is the, the one who is the, the beginner of the work. He's also the finisher of the work. And when you start something with God, you ought to expect God's going to see this through to the end. That's why you and I, if you're walking with the Lord today, you ought to expect to be walking with the Lord when you're when, 50 years from now and when, you're, when you... Uh, go to be with the Lord in death. You ought to expect to be still walking with God then. 
Because God is the beginner and he's also the finisher of the work. Paul said to the, uh, in his letter to the Thessalonians, he said, He who began a good work in you is faithful to finish it. He's faithful to complete it. And God is the one that accomplishes all things. I'm giving you these verses not just so you can, so that you can uh, hear them tonight. I'm giving you these verses so you can take them home and pray them into your life. Nobody said amen. I said, I'm giving you these verses. You can go home and pray them into your life. So that when you start something new in your life, you say, God, if you're starting this in my life, I'm expecting to see this finished. However long it takes, I'm in it for the long haul. I'm in it for the long road. But I am going to be obedient, faithful, and uh, you're going to move in my life. Say, God accomplishes all things for me. Listen to that. He does that for me. He gets it done in my life. This reality, this revelation has to become yours. It's already mine, but I can't, I can't download it into your spirit. You've got to receive it into your spirit tonight. Let's keep going. What else does the Bible say? Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 7 says, God was near in all things. It says the nation of Israel went through the wilderness and God was near them. He was present in all things. Listen to that. That's so important because when you and I are walking through life's journey, we need to understand that even in the deserts, even in the wilderness, even in the dry places, God is at work and God is present. God is near. Listen, friends, you want to know the abundance of God? Get in his presence. Ever notice that when you get in the presence of God, you're standing in the worship service, you get in the presence of God, immediately everything is possible? Why? Because his presence is what makes a difference. His presence is what changes things. So what you need most is the presence of God. When you are in the presence of God, faith is at work. When you're in the presence of God, power is available. When you're in the presence of God, there is abundance. And so uh, the, the promise of God to you was the same as it was to the nation of Israel in the wilderness. Even in your wilderness, I will be present. What have I told you about Moses? Moses was called by God uh, at the age of 80, and he told God no four times. No, 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 no. And God still called him into the ministry and he still went to Egypt, and he still delivered the people. But do you know what God's answer was to Moses? Four times Moses said no. Four times God said, I will be with you. 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 Come on, somebody. That's what makes the difference in your life is the fact that God is present, and his presence is abundance in your life. So what do you do? You seek his presence. Get into his presence. Because when you, when you invite his presence, you will have the things that you need. You'll notice this, that no sermon, listen, no sermon can address every single need in the church at one time. I cannot preach a sermon that's going to address every need in your life all at one time. Yet how come everybody gets a little bit? How come everybody gets a lot? It's a miracle. 
not just that Pastor Isaac's just that good. No, I'm not that good. It's the presence of God. That's why you can get in a dead service and leave worse off than you were when you got in there. But the presence of God will take, will take one sermon and make it 100 sermons. The presence of God will take one song and make it 100 messages. That's the power of the presence of God. So what we need most is the presence of God. Because that's where the revelation of abundance is. That's where our needs are met. The presence of God ministers to every single need, every time. And if you will seek his presence, you'll find his provision there. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Segunda de Pedro, capítulo 1, verso 3. What does it say? It says, his divine power has granted to us. What, what has it granted? You're having a little trouble finding 2 Peter, aren't you? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. You, you, did you stop looking already? Keep, keep looking. Let's, let's page that Bible tonight. So I didn't know we were actually studying the Bible. 2 Peter 1, 3. His divine power has granted to us what? Everything. All things pertaining to what? To life and godliness. Through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. Listen. Everything you need to live a godly life has been provided. Nobody said amen. So don't ever say I can't. Because everything you need for life and godliness has been provided in Christ. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. You know this one by, by memory. What does it say? I can do most things through Christ. I can do some things. I can do many things. What does it say Kingsway? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. How many things? All things. So this week, if you have to go give a speech to your, uh, at your job or make a presentation for your company, and you've never done that before, guess what? You can. You can in Christ. You can because you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So say it again tonight. All things belong to me. Now Paul now goes back into the text. Let's go back. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 3. And he starts to list categories in this, in this subject that he's outlining. He says, all things belong to me or to you. And then he says, Paul and Apollos and Cephas belong to you. Well, Paul, Apollos and Cephas, Cephas is, a, is the word for Peter. They were the big time preachers of the day. Dice Pablo, uh, dice Pablo ahí, Pablo, Apolos y Cephas, Cephas es Pedro, les pertenecen a ustedes. Now what was going on in the Corinthian church was that some were saying, well, I'm a, I'm a Paul follower. I don't, really, I, don't really, I don't really care for Apollos. I don't download his podcast. Uh, you know, Peter, he's an old guy. He's old school. I like Paul. And the others would say, no, no, it's all Peter, man. Peter walked with Jesus. And Paul says, look, it doesn't matter who's preaching. Whether it's Paul 
or whether it's Apollos or whether it's, it's Peter, whoever's preaching, what they are saying belongs to you. Everything they say, if it's the word of God, if they're preaching the word, and they were, then it belongs to you. You know, when I first came to Kingsway Church, I, I, I don't know how I know this, but I know this. People would drive by, and if they didn't see my car in the pastor's spot, they'd keep driving. I don't know how I know this, but I know it. Wicked sinners. You know what I love to do? I love to sit and listen to students preach. Some of them don't know what they're talking about. But you know, I love to listen to students preach because when they start preaching the word, it speaks to me. And it doesn't matter who's preaching. If they're preaching the word, that word belongs to you. Sometimes it's steak and potatoes and and salad, and some days it's just a tortilla and butter, right? Sometimes it's the bare minimum. But that word belongs to you. Say amen, somebody. It's not the preacher. It's the word. It's not the speaker. It's the truth being conveyed. And when you and I get past uh, personalities and preferences, and we get on to what's being said by God to my heart in that moment, you realize that that word is food for my spirit. And so Paul is saying, Peter, his message belongs to you. And Apollo's message belongs to you. And Paul's message belongs to you. And guess what? Pastor Isaac's message belongs to you. And Elder Schweitzer's message belongs to you. And Elder Connell's message belongs to you. And Elder Freeman's message belongs to you. And Elder Arizmendi's message belongs to you. And if you run into a deacon, that message belongs to you. Come on, somebody. The word of God in this church, every single place. In the, in the preschool, in the nursery, when we're preaching or praying over babies, that message belongs to you. Say it again. All things belong to me. Just think about how many sermons you've heard. How many sermons have you heard? You, you realize... I did some math. This summer, I have preached 260 hours. That's a whole lot of hours. That's why my voice comes and goes. That's one summer. I have, I have spoken so much biblical truth this summer that if you would just grab one minute of one of those hours, it could change your entire life for eternity. That's the power of a word. You've got to decide. All that preaching I've ever heard is for nothing if I don't believe it. It's for nothing if I don't put, take it to heart. But if I will believe it, it belongs to me. It is a, an inheritance from the Almighty God to my life. And every person in here can testify to a day when you heard preaching and the preaching of the word impacted your life. It changed the way you were thinking. It changed the way you were feeling. It changed the decision you were about to make. That's the power of the word. Paul is saying to you, you have this incredible inheritance, this incredible treasure in the word that is being preached before you. 
So if you're going to go ask for counseling, then take the advice. If you're going to listen to preaching, then do what the preacher is advising you to do. Live out, believe what's being preached because that's where the power is. That's where the power is that is able to change and convert the soul and change and convert your situation and your life. Say amen, somebody. Then he says, the world is yours. What does he say there? He says, the world is yours. That means all of the resources that you need to fulfill God's plan and purpose for your life are yours. Everything you need to do the will of God and to bring glory to God in your life is yours. The skills you need are yours. The job you need to provide for your family is yours. The house you need to live in is yours. The clothes you need to wear is yours. The schooling you need is yours. You say, well, how do I get it? Believe God and pursue it. Listen, if you believe God has called you to go back to college and you just sit there saying, someday, I'm going to go back to school. The least you could do is fill out an application. Pursue it. Pursue it with confidence that it already belongs to you. Well, what if they say no? Well, what if they say yes? What if they turn me down? What if they don't? What if the door doesn't open? Well, what if it does? Is there anybody that believes God? That's what God is looking for. Somebody that will say, the world is mine. The resources that are in this world that I need to do the will of God are already available to me. Listen, stop crying about what you lost because you didn't lose anything that you needed. God saw to that. Everything you lost, you didn't need. And everything you need, you have in Christ. Say amen, somebody. God has made it available to you. Then he says, life is yours. What kind of life? In Christ we have Eternal life. You don't have to die to have eternal life. You can have eternal life tonight by putting your faith in Christ. Jesus came that you might have life and life more abundantly. So not only do we have eternal life, we have abundant life, full life. A life of abundance, a life that is overflowing, a life that is uh, overwhelmed by the goodness of God. It is a life uh, uh, that is a resurrection life, that even if this life ends tonight, that there is the hope and expectation of resurrection life. And this body is going to live again forever in the presence of God. We have a life of love according to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 10. Life belongs to you. And then he says, this is the one nobody likes right here. Death is yours. So I don't want death. My neighbor can have death. You keep that one. You know what God says? Death belongs to you. That means that when the time comes, you don't have to fear death because death is going to be God's servant to take you into, eternal, into eternity. The believer doesn't have to fear death. You know that Jesus didn't die until he called death and said, all right, we're done now. You can take me. Until he said it was finished, death couldn't touch him. And he says, death belongs to you. What does that mean? 
That means that when you die, you go into the presence of God. And the thing that everybody fears is the only thing that, you ha- that, that can get you into heaven. Short of the rapture, death is going to be the only way you get into heaven. So you don't have to fear death. Death belongs to you. And then he says, the present belongs to you. The present is yours. Today belongs to you. Right now belongs to you. What you have right now is what God has provided for you right now is yours. What you do with today? Let's see. It's 20 minutes after 8. Less than four hours left in the day. What would you do with today? Today is yours. Did you wake up and say, what will today bring? Don't see what the day is going to bring. You bring it. You show up. Today belongs to you. And what you're doing with today, you're going to give an answer to God for. What we're doing with, with this moment right now, we're going to give an answer to God for. And let me just lay this out for you. This real simple truth. Right now is the seed of next in your life. Right now, what you have right now is the harvest of what you did yesterday. And tomorrow will be the harvest of what you decided to do today. So if you're tired of the harvest you're getting, Change what you're sowing. Because today's what you've got. 24 hours. You know Bill Gates gets the same amount of time as you do. And so does Buffett. And so did Billy Graham. And so does every other guy and every other gal out there. You only get that much time. And what you do with it belongs to you. Every day is yours to use for the glory of God, to to do the will of God. Listen to what Nathan said to David. He said, God gave to your master the the whole house of Israel, and if it had not been enough, he would have added to you even more. God says, I have given you everything you need to do my will, to accomplish it. Then he says, not just the present is yours, but things to come are yours. Are there any things to come in your life? How many of you have vision? How many of you have dreams? He says the things to come are yours. If you're sick and you need healing, it's yours. Holiness is yours. Peace is yours. Joy is yours. All things belong to you. And the the vision and the dreams that are in your heart given to you by God They already belong to you. They're already yours. So start walking in the direction of what God has revealed to your heart over your life. Start walking in the direction of the vision of God in your life. When you do that, you'll face adversity, sure enough. You'll face challenges, sure enough. You'll face discouragement, sure enough. But none of that can hold out of your life what God has already spoken into your heart. And God says, it belongs to you. The moment you began to receive it by faith in your heart, it already was yours. And our responsibility now is to believe God and to walk in the direction of what God has spoken to us. Why? Because all things belong to us.
and we belong to Christ. Now, I want you to think about, as I close, Joshua comes, think about the, the parable of the two sons. You guys remember the prodigal son? You guys remember the prodigal son? There were two sons. Both of them were lost. One was lost from the house. One was lost in the house. And think about that because there's some people who are in church, but they're lost. They're lost in the house. And they're just as lost as someone who's not in church. The second son was lost in the house. This is what he said to his dad at the end of the story. Remember what he said? He said, you never even gave me one single baby goat. Like, baby goat? I don't want no baby goat. Cabrito, you're missing out, right? He was basically saying, you've never given me one, one little calf to make some steak and ribs out of, have a barbecue and make a party with my friends. You've never given me one little goat, one little lamb. And that's how a lot of Christians pray. Just give me one little thing, God, just this one little thing. What did the father say to him? He said, son, everything I have is yours. If you wanted a goat, you could have had the goat. If you wanted... To have a barbecue, you could have had a barbecue every night if you wanted to. And the message for us tonight is that we can't complain to God about the things we don't have if we're not willing to believe God to possess the things he's already provided for us. All that I have is yours, said the father. This son was richer than he could possibly be. And yet in his mind, in his spirit, he was a pauper. He was poor because he had not had a revelation of the fact that his father was a, a man full of abundance. The only thing that kept him out of enjoying his inheritance was his unbelief. And I don't want you to be kept out of, under, of enjoying the inheritance that God has provided for you in Christ because of unbelief, because of old mindsets and old ways of thinking. You see, some of us, we come out of places where there was a lot of lack and that has produced in us a mentality that everything's always going to be about lack, about just getting by, about just getting enough. And I'll give you an example. When I was an evangelist, uh, I lived for seven or eight years, about eight years as a missionary evangelist. I never had one week of guaranteed salary. So I, I lived by faith. I'd go and preach. Whatever God provided in that particular place or region was how I lived. And God provided for the whole time. But when I would go into a city and they would not provide a place for me to stay, I would find the cheapest, dumpiest motel you could find. Because I didn't have the money for anything better. And one night I'm sitting there in one of those hotels where lights coming under the door and you can hear the traffic. I never stay there, thank the Lord. I'm not going to call the name of those hotels, okay? But you know what I'm talking about. And I heard the Lord say to me, as I was kind of complaining under my breath, he said, can I not pay for this hotel room as well as I can pay for the other one? Hmm. 
I guess the God that provided for a $45 a night hotel could provide for a $100 a night hotel. And many times, the only one who's limiting you is you. Because you have settled in that place of I've never been given one little goat. And tonight, God wants to break some things off of your thinking so that you can have a revelation of the fact that all things belong to you because you belong to Christ. And listen, friend, Christ belongs to God. Would you stand with me, please? Just lift your hands to heaven. And just, just say, God, in Jesus' name, I ask you to give me a revelation of your abundance. And just talk to God right now, honestly, about the need that's in your life. Maybe the need's not financial or physical at all. Maybe you just need a better attitude. Maybe you need victory over a besetting sin or a habit. Whatever it is that has limited your thinking tonight, I come against it in Jesus' name. Because you are a child of the living God. And in Christ, all things belong to you. Things in heaven and things on the earth. The present and things to come. Life and death. The word of God is yours. So take hold of it tonight. Take hold of God's word and don't let it go. If you need godliness, godliness belongs to you. If you need blessing, blessing belongs to you. If you need health, health belongs to you. If you need peace in your mind and peace in your home, they belong to you because you are a child of the living God. Come on, open your mouth by faith. Lay claim to your inheritance. The Father says to you tonight, everything I have is yours. Ask and it shall be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened unto you. For every place that the sole of your foot treads, every place that you pursue, you will possess. Almighty God, you have spoken over this house this summer, saying to us that you will give us and have given us a season of miracles, that we are walking in a season of miracles. We refuse to sit on the outside looking in. We refuse to sit and say, look what God might do. We declare, oh God, we believe you. We receive your word. And we will possess the promised land. We will possess the land which you have promised to us. Our ministries. Our homes. Our marriages. Our child raising. Will be blessed. We will see the miracle working power of God. Because our God is able. Come on, somebody, get a revelation tonight. Your God is God. Your God is able. He is the creator of the heavens and the earth. 
He can do the small thing as well as the great thing. 